Good morning. It's, it's still morning, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You guys, I'm glad you're here. All the things that you could have done today and you chose to come here, especially probably knowing that Pastor Nathan wasn't going to be here. That's always a risk, right? Yeah, Pastor's not going to be there. I'm just, but thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for choosing to, to be in this place. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I'm glad you decided to uh, thank you. But you never mind. Uh, so I'm going to tell you a joke in just a minute, okay? Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Y'all didn't, never mind. Uh, but I want you to meet some friends of mine. Scott and Lori Brown, right over here, just wave and say hi. Um, they are, uh, they live here in the Athens area somewhere, and uh, I told them that we were going to be here this morning, and they found their way over here. So I'm, it's good to see you. Thank you. You've blessed me by being here. Scott, um, Scott is one of those relationships, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, that goes like this. And... There are times, and honestly, the majority of the time when our paths cross, it's because he texted me. He understands me. He has grace for me that I'm not real good at that, but he will text me. And so we've, we've been in relationship for uh, 14 years, 16 years. So, uh, but, but most of the time, that's what that relationship looks like. Um, if you've been to the Quest Life Ranch, how many of you have been, been there, been to the Quest Life Ranch? The fountain out front, Scott built that. Yeah, Scott built that. We, matter of fact, Olivia and I, we have, wait, let me think. Yeah, we have two pieces in our house, and I have one piece in my office that Scott built, sculpture kind of thing like that, just creative, he, he's an incredible guy, they're an incredible couple, and uh, so somebody that that is worth your time to get to know, yeah, you follow me, all right, joke, our seven-year-old grandson, we have five grandkids, uh, Joshua's the youngest, he's just turned seven in April, something like that, no, yeah, um, anyway, it doesn't matter. He's seven. That's all that matters right now. And just out of the blue one day, my, our grandkids, they call me Pop. He said, Pop, can I tell you a joke? I said, well, he's never done this before, and he hasn't done it again. It, I don't know. So he said, can I tell you a joke? And I said, sure. And he, here's the joke. You ready? Now, you're going to have to be paying attention, or you're going to miss it. He said, what do you call a deer with no eyes? What do you call a deer with no eyes? I said, I don't know. What do you call a deer with no eyes? And he said, no idea. <laughs> I went, oh my gosh. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. No idea. What? There you go, right? The mind of a seven-year-old. So we were driving down here this morning uh, from, from Fort Worth, driving down here, 
And so I decided, well, I told Olivia, I said, I can't. By the way, this is my wife, Olivia, right over here, if y'all didn't know. Uh, July of this year, we celebrated 50 years. We've been married to each other for 50 years in July. So I told her, I said, I, I can't just tell one joke. I, I've got to have some more jokes to tell. You can't just tell one. It just, it, that's kind of like it's just enough to make you mad, right? So, so I, what do you do if you don't have jokes in your pocket? What do you do? You Google it. That's exactly right. And it's amazing. It's amazing the endless stream of, of available information once you Google it. So I Googled it, and I came across a couple that I kind of made me laugh, so I wanted to share them with you today. Is that okay? Good. I have the microphone, so I'm, you know. So um, why, you probably didn't know this, but she really does. Why does Cinderella... Why is she not good at soccer? Why is Cinderella not good at soccer? I know, right? Because she always runs away from the ball. Oh, come on. That made me laugh out loud, quite frankly. So, no, I don't know. Maybe I'm not far removed from Joshua. So, but I... So I'm looking through there, and I'm going, yeah, 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 yeah. There's another that made me laugh. What did the, what did the triangle say to the circle? You're pointless. <laughs> I know, right? It's one of those you go, oh, golly. <laughs> circle to the triangle. The triangle to the circle. The triangle said it to the circle because the circle doesn't have its point. So, all right, uh, I know they, they get, you get confused with all these different jokes. Um, I have one more, though, I didn't tell in the first service. <laughs> what, what, is, what, is, what are the bears without the bees? Now, not the football team. What are the bears without the bees? Ears. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. You're going to have to you have to pay attention to keep up this morning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the things that I'm about to share with you this morning, uh, Nathan and I have had an opportunity to, to share a few times on uh, Quest events. And... By the way, if you haven't been, I, I want to encourage you to go. It really is life-changing. So, uh, but the last one that he and I served on, I shared a condensed form of this in our last uh, staff meeting that week. And, and when he invited me to come and speak today, he said, would you uh, share that, um, that devotion that you did uh, on that staff meeting? Would you share it with the church? I said, but Absolutely. Had no idea it made that kind of an impact, not only on him, but on a number of other guys. And so I said, absolutely, I'd be glad to do that. <clears throat> so, um, oh, by the way, I need, to, I need to back up 
and I feel like I should say to you, greetings from the North Pole. Yeah, because if you were here last week, he made the comment about that I look like Santa Claus. <clears throat> so that that so wounded me that I had to shave my beard. No, I'm kidding. So when I was watching, I was watching the service last week, and he said that I immediately texted him. I said Santa Claus, and he just laughed. So he said, "I knew you'd be watching." Anyway, that's where this came from. Um, that's that's where he heard this, and he invited me to share this uh, with you today. And I'm glad to do it um, because this journey, this part of the journey, has been a while unfolding for me and for us. Um, there was a man some time ago who had a prophetic word for us, and and part of that word was he encouraged us to look for the boundaries first and the race to run second. Look for the boundaries first and the race to run second. And so off and on, I've been thinking about that and, and spending some time um, trying to understand what that means and what that looks like, uh, really for a number of years. I've uh, been thinking about that and, and just trying to hear from the Lord uh, what that means. What, that, what does that look like for me? Uh, because that's all he, he didn't give me any information. He just said this was part of the prophetic word that he gave us. Look for the boundaries first and the race to run second. <clears throat> and so, so I've been asking the Lord, what does that look like? So tying this in with what you've been talking about, and that is hearing from the Lord, I want to encourage you to hear from the Lord what he has to say about this for you. It's not going to look like me. It's not going to sound like me, but he has this for you. I'm certain of that. So you get to practice listening as you continue to practice asking, and you get to practice hearing God. So that's where this came from. That's how this started. That's how I got to this place. Uh, now, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it four boundaries. Don't get locked in on that word. Because boundaries sounds like um, a limitation. It, it sounds like there's a, a prohibition on what you can and can't do because they're boundaries. And we oftentimes equate boundaries with rules. There are certain rules that you have to keep. Get that out of your mind because that's not what this is about. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to call it boundaries. You can call it markers. Here are four markers. Um, but I, it, boundaries works good for me because I, I understand that and I get that and I have a picture in my mind what that looks like. So don't get hung up on the word boundaries. I'm not trying to give you rules. That's not what this is about. As a matter of fact, when I talk about boundaries, I'm talking about um, here are the things, here's, here's the place, here's the marker. If you go past this marker, you're going to get in trouble. I need markers, I need boundaries, and I need to know where they are because um, I could go past them and I could get in trouble. Does that, does that make sense to you? I, I need to know where those are, and they're not going to be as prohibitive as you might think as we begin to walk through this. So I want to I kind of set that in your mind. You know, I don't, I don't know 
everything about uh, the Four Sixes uh, Ranch in the Panhandle. Um, I know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of acres uh, that make up the uh, Four Sixes Ranch, but I know this for certain, that there, there are boundaries, there are fences that mark the outer boundaries of that property. So if you think about thousands and thousands of acres and yet there's a fence around the outer perimeter of that, that property, that's not prohibited. There's a lot of space to run and play and have fun, right? You follow me? So it's not prohibitive at all. It's just so you know where the property ends. Don't go past that. If you go past that, you're probably going to get in trouble. Some of you are not as good at getting in trouble as I am. Or you would have had a lot different reaction to what I just said. I, 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 know, what it, I know what that's like. So, And quite frankly, there are times when I want to, um, not so much now, uh, but I wanted to know where the boundary was so I could know how close I could get to it. Uh, you all never did that, did you? Your kids never did that either, did they? Mm-hmm, yeah. We're going to have altar call later, and you can repent for lying. So, uh, so here we go. You ready? Here are four boundaries. That's what I'm going to call them. You call them what you want to. No, that's not it. I like it, but that's not it. So we're going to start with Deuteronomy chapter 19. Here it comes. Ready? There it is. See? It's miraculous. Do not move your neighbor's boundary stone set up by your predecessors in the inheritance you receive in the land of the Lord. Your, in the land of the Lord, your, your God is giving you to possess. So here's the picture that I want to begin. I want you to try to begin to get in your mind. There's a land for you to possess, and their markers are their boundaries for that land. Now, you're going to see how big, uh, how expansive this land really is by the markers of the boundaries that we're going to talk about. But understand that God's going to give you those boundaries in the land that he has for you to possess. And it's not just for you, but it's for those who are coming after you. It's not just for me and Olivia, but it's for the generations that are coming after us. We have two grown children. We have five grandchildren. And soon, some of them later than the other ones because the oldest is 23 and the youngest is seven. So, But sooner or later, they're going to start a family of their own. And my hope is to be able to pass these boundaries, these markers on to the ones who are coming after us. But not just my kids. I want to provoke you to begin to ask the Lord, hear from the Lord, practice hearing from the Lord. What are the boundaries? What are the markers for the territory that you have for us to possess that you're giving to us? Are you following me? You still with me? All right. If you are, just shake your head. All right. I know. <clears throat> so, so what are those? Now, I want to remind you that these are four things that God's given to me. Now, if these fit your life, 
And the Holy Spirit says that you, I don't own these words, right? You absolutely can incorporate that in that in yours. But here's the point. Begin to ask the Lord, what are the markers, what are the boundaries that have been set in the land that you have for me to possess so I know where I can run? Look for the boundaries first and the race to run second. What are those boundaries? Here's the first one. It's in the word, it's the word honor. Romans 13, 7 says, give to, give to everyone, well, quit moving it. Give to everyone what you owe, what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. Here it is. If honor, then honor. Honor is one of the words that marks the boundary for me. Honor is incredibly important to me. And it's one of those things that marks or is, is, a, is a marker uh, for me as I, as I run the race that God has given me to run, the word honor. So let me, let me give you a little bit of information about the, this word honor. The word honor in the Old Testament means weight. W-E-I-G-H-T. That's what it means. That's how that word is translated that we get the word honor from. It's translated weight, W-E-I-G-H-T. Honor really comes down to this, how much weight or influence I give to certain people in my life. How much weight or how much influence do they get in my life? I'm the one who decides, not you. I'm the one who chooses where the boundary is, not you. So how do we do that? Here's, here's usually where it's been my experience, the conflict, um, the pushing and the pulling really come into play. And that's with, uh, in relation uh, kids to parents. Honor your father and mother for this as well. And what's the promise that's connected to that? Long life. Okay, well, I want the promise, right? I want long life, so what does it look like then for me to honor my father and my mother? Let me just talk a little bit about my personal uh, family. Uh, my mom and dad were not believers. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. <clears throat> and I learned, I discovered, I, I, pro I knew it a lot younger, but it really became a lot clearer in my life as I got older and got married and had kids, it really become, it became a lot clearer in my life that, that my parents, my mom and dad, were great, um, they were practiced manipulators. Now, here's what I want to say about that. I want you to hear me. I've learned that our parents can't give us what they haven't received. You follow me? If they learned manipulation growing up and that they never come to a place where that was broken in their life, guess what they're going to pass on to their kids? They're going to pass on the art of manipulation. That's what they're going to pass on. So there began, there began to, to, uh, to be this disconnect between me and my parents. I love my parents, respected my parents, acknowledged them for who they are in my life, 
But when it comes to having influence in my life, I had to draw a line. You don't get to come past this line. You don't, you don't get to talk to me about that. Now, I'm not being ugly or not being mean, but there had to be a resolve in me. Because without that resolve and without that, that boundary of honor, that, that meeting out of the uh, how much influence that you get in my life, without that, then not only did they manipulate me, but now it affects my wife and it affects our kids. Are you following me? This is not a judgment on anybody's parents. This is just the fact. My mom and dad didn't have it to give to me. And it took me a while to figure that out and to understand that. Because I kept wanting, I kept trying to get something from them that they weren't able to give to me because they didn't have it to give. You following me? Good, they're good people. They were good. I mean, they've both passed. So they're not, I'm not saying that they were bad people. I want you to listen to me. I'm never, I'm never in favor because the question's going to come up, how far does this honor go? I'm never in favor of an abusive situation, whether it's physical or, or emotional. I'm never in favor of that. Nobody wins in that. Are you following me? Now, there's, there's so much more that needs to go with that, but I don't have time for that. So, uh, let me just say that, that honor is a boundary. It's a marker in my life. I get to decide how much influence or weight you have in my life and consequently in the, in the life of my family. I get to decide. I was, not long ago, it was... Uh, ministering to a guy at uh, the ranch. We were on a quest event, and I was ministering to this one guy. And there was another guy in his mid, early to mid-60s, uh, part of the staff. He was sitting over here. And I was talking to this guy that I was ministering to about this very thing called honor. Because he was, he, he, part of his issue was um, uh, his dad's influence in his life. And when I finished ministering to this guy, the guy in his mid-60s that was sitting over here that was serving on that event, he said, you know what? That has been my problem for as long as I can remember. I'm trying to get something from my dad. I'm giving him his opinion. You following me? His opinion of me, I'm giving that way too much weight in my life. And I've realized today that I've been dancing the dance, I've been running this race, trying desperately to give, get something from my dad that he doesn't have to give to me. I need to stop giving him that much weight in my life. Guess what? There's freedom in that. There's freedom in that. There's freedom in that. I never heard my dad say I'm proud of you until I was 45 years old. 45. 45. I recognized long before then that my dad didn't have it to give to me. 
because he never got it from his dad. Okay. But guess what? It doesn't have to continue. Hello? It doesn't have to continue. When I recognize it, when I see it, then and I know that because I'm in Christ, I have the authority and I have the position to put an end to that, to break that off in my life. No more. No more. Honor. Honor is one of those markers for me. Honor is something that's it's been my experience is desperately lacking in the body of Christ today. To honor one another at the, at the very foundation. <clears throat> to honor one another is to, to understand that, that you and I are a child. If you're in Jesus, then you are a child of the Most High God. I'm, I'm a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's honor that goes with that. You follow me? Whether I think like you or not, whether I like what you like or I don't, doesn't matter. But because of who you are, then there's a certain, certain amount of honor that I give to you just because of that. You following me? Now, so that's, that's the first one. That's marker, that's boundary number one. Here's the second one. <clears throat> the second one is compassion. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, what? Harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Harassed and helpless. I love the ministry that y'all are supporting, the angels or whatever they are on the tree. What's... Compassion International. They're harassed and helpless. That's, that describes me when Jesus found me. I wasn't misplaced. Y'all understand what I'm talking about when I say that, right? When I realized, when I finally realized he was looking for me. That's where I was. Literally picked me up out of the situation and the circumstance that I was in and set my feet on solid ground. There was no hope in that in my circumstance as far as my family was concerned, my aunts and uncles uh, and my cousins. Uh, there was no hope in that circumstance, in that situation, that I was going to, given those surroundings, that I was going to find Jesus. There was no hope. But he reached down in the middle of that and he pulled me out of that place and he set my feet on solid ground. Why? Because he had compassion on me. He had compassion on me. I have compassion for the little girl that's in the picture talking about Compassion International and the smile that's on her face because of the huge plate full of food that she has. And it's not a lot. It's rice. And some gravy or goulash, something on top. You get what I'm saying? But she's ecstatic because she has that much food to eat. I don't know what your morning has been like. I don't know where you've been this morning. But I, I want to I guess and say 
that you've rubbed shoulders with somebody today already that needs compassion. They just need to be heard. They just need to be noticed. They just need to be recognized. They just need to know from somebody that they really do exist. Not long ago, I don't remember what it was called, but a lady put an ad, took out an ad on Facebook, and she basically said, if, if, <clears throat> if you need somebody to talk to, I'm here, I'll listen. With no judgment, with no criticism, with no nothing, I'll just listen. For as long as you want to talk to whatever you have to say, overnight, people were lined up, lined up on Facebook, just to talk to her. That's how lonely, that's how isolated people are. They just need to know that somebody cares and that somebody will listen without judgment. Now, I don't know if it's right or wrong and you decide and I don't have to give an account for it, so, okay. Um, that's now what she does for a living. They, people pay her a crazy amount of money per hour just to talk. That's how desperate people are to be heard, to be seen. Not long ago, well, it's been a while. Everything. <clears throat> Anytime I say the other day, it could have been yesterday or it could have been a month ago. Thank you, because I know some of you do that too. Olivia and I were having a discussion about clerks in the store and about being noticed and being seen. <clears throat> and I, I was making the point about um, how important it is to call them by name because they all, regardless of where you go, they, have, they usually have a name tag on. Hopefully it's turned around so that you can actually see what their name is. But they have a name tag on. <clears throat> and... Uh, so we were, we were having this discussion back and forth about is it important to really call them by name? Is it okay to, you know, just say thank you and, and whatever? And I said, it's, it's incredibly important to call them by name. And so the next time we were in, uh, in a store, <laughs> this is crazy. Y'all, this is crazy. This is so easy. Next time we were in the store, when we were finished with um, groceries or whatever it was, I don't remember, it doesn't matter. I, I called the girl that had processed our order, I called her by name. And, and let's just, I don't remember what her name was, but let's just say her name was Cheryl, okay? I said, Cheryl, thank you. And she just stopped. And just kind of leaned her head a little bit. And she said, thank you for calling me by my name. That tells me, now this was her, that tells me that you really do see me. I'm not just another face at another store where you do business. I called her by name. Y'all, this is so easy. But it's so profound that we don't think 
What's the point? Compassion. Why do I do that? Because I care. There's compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw that they were harassed and helpless. I promise you, wherever you go today, any place of business that you go in today, you're going to pass by people who just need to be seen and heard. They just need to be noticed. Do you really see me? Does anybody really see me? Does anybody really care? You with me? I promise you. Mm, yeah, I would. I promise you that there are people in this room who need to be seen and heard. Will anybody see me today? Will anybody hear me in this room today? Will I be seen? Will I be heard? Will I be noticed? Some of them who need to be noticed, you may need to get out on one knee so you can look them eyeball to eyeball and notice them. You get what I'm saying? Compassion. I want, I want people to be able to say these things about me when I'm gone. That he was compassionate. The next one, incredibly important. Relationship. Relationship. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Relationships are incredibly important to me. <clears throat> Let me say up front, it doesn't mean that you have to be 24-7 with somebody to be in relationship with them. Because not every relationship is going to be like that, right? We don't have the time nor do we have the capacity for every relationship to be 24-7. That's going to cause a problem, right? So, like, like I, I, I described my relationship with Scott a minute ago, it's like this. I mean, there are times when, when our lives intersect and we cross paths, and it's usually because he's texted me, and, but, but there's a touch point there that continues this relationship. And when those, those touch points, when they happen, then our relationship is such that we pick up right where we left off last time. Some relationships are going to be like that, and it's okay. It's still about relationship. Relationship is about knowing you and you knowing me and being okay with that. So I, I can also tell you with <clears throat> that it's in the place of relationship that's been the greatest source of woundedness in my life. People that I thought I could trust um, have betrayed that trust. 
and I, I get in one of those places and I, I go through that season or that thinking of, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with people. Y'all figure it out. I'm done. It, because it, it's too painful and I, and I get tired of putting myself out there and then being betrayed. I'm just being honest with you. Y'all following me? By the way, y'all are getting stuff that the first service didn't get, so there's a bonus for waiting till 1045. Relationships are not easy. Relationships are hard. Ministry's hard. Ministry's messy. Relationships are messy. And it's okay. It's okay. Relationships are not always convenient. And it's okay. So honor, compassion, relationships. Those are four markers for my life. Those are four, no, those are three. I'm sorry, I haven't given you the fourth one. Thank you, John, for pointing that out to me. <clears throat> By the way, you guys, y'all don't, not all of you, know, y'all have done a great job making us feel welcome this morning. There are a lot of places that, that doesn't happen. But I get it. I know why that happens. Because a church body will usually take on the uh, personality of its pastor. And y'all have got a great pastor. Nathan's a great guy. So thank you. Thank you for making us feel welcome. Um, so those are three of the things. Do you begin to see now how wide open this field is? It's not prohibitive at all. It's not about rules and regulations, do this and don't do this, do that and don't do that. It's not about that at all. It's about here are the things that are the markers for your life. Now go run and possess the land that I've given to you. Go do that. Go run in that. Go have fun in that. Go, you're, you're safe inside this. You're safe. Here's the last one. It's grace. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Grace. Grace is incredibly important to me. Not that the other ones are not, but it's incredibly important. The scripture says, with the same measure that you use to measure others, that measure will be used to measure you. So whatever that standard is, is the same standard that's going to be used to measure you. In, in, in my mind, here's what that sounds like. God says, here's the standard that you use to measure everybody else around you. I'm going to use that standard to measure you. <laughs> grace. I need grace. I need grace. I, I need a fresh helping of grace today. Somebody asked me one time, I... Um, speaking to some, some couples that were gathered in this. This was a few years before Olivia and I reached the 50-year mark. 
Somebody just said, what's the secret? And without hesitation, without even thinking about it, this came out of my mouth. Grace. Grace. Olivia has a ton of grace for me because I need it. I have grace for her. I need it. Grace doesn't mean that it's okay for somebody to walk on you. It doesn't mean that it's, a, it, that it's okay for them to kick you around. That's not what grace means. If I have grace for somebody, that means that they have permission to do whatever they want to to me. No, that's not what grace means. That's not what grace is. Grace said, let me... Here's how, I under, here's how it, it works for me. Here's how it's incorporated in me. Grace says, first of all, I know you, and I know where you're coming from. Doesn't mean that what you said or did doesn't, didn't hurt me or impact me. Are you following me? That's not what it says doesn't mean that you dismiss the hurt that's caused by somebody else. What it does mean is that I understand where you're coming from. So it's not going to live with me long. If you've hurt me, if you've offended me, if you've wounded me, then you and I are going to have a conversation. And after that conversation, I'm moving on. Why? Because I understand. I understand. When God has grace for me, it doesn't mean that, that he dismisses what I did. What it does mean is that he says, I know you. I see you. What you did was wrong. and We're going to talk about that. But after we've talked about that, then I'm moving on. He puts our sin as far as the east is from the west and remembers them against us no more. Okay. Do I have grace figured out? Is it perfected in my life? No. No. All right. That is in Christ Jesus. Oh. Man. Somebody said one time, heard somebody say, well, I, I know that I've disappointed the Lord. Really? If he knows the beginning from the end, if he sees my life from the start to the finish, he sees it all from the start to the finish, then how can I disappoint him? He already knew. Right? Right? And in his knowing, made provision for me. Y'all haven't disappointed me. I don't know who you are, but you haven't disappointed me. He saw it all from the beginning. And he said, you know what, I see you. And I still want to be in relationship with you. And I want you to be in relationship with me. I see you see you 
know you. And I'm still inviting you to be in relationship with me. Do you hear me? I don't know who needs to hear that today, but you need to hear it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I already knew. And you're still invited. You're still invited. I'm glad you're here today. Seriously. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to pray for you. And I know at the end of our time together this morning that there will be people down here to, at the front to pray for you. If you need prayer, you're invited. You're invited. There's no shame that's associated with that. I just need to be seen and heard. Awesome. Come and be seen and heard. Right? God, you're awesome. And we're grateful. And we do invite... Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to have this opportunity to stand in this place and minister the, to your people. I'm honored. I'm honored to be in this place. We bless you today. In Jesus' name.